When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, warmer for people. Welcome to Muffy Las Vegas for Coast Coast with myself, Craig Eubes Peterson, now part of the Beast of Family podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Connor Ope. He does amazing work over at EachXCBB. We're going to be having a little bit of chat as to how we take a look at some of the top tiers of teams with regards to college basketball. I really do think that coming into the year, you've got two teams that are head and shoulders above the rest in Kansas and Duke. And certainly we will talk about Kansas here in segment number one with the sanctions, or should I say the lack of sanctions, they received on Wednesday, but from there, I do think that there's a larger middle, but Connor's going to be posting the case that perhaps a large tier number two that I have after those top two teams might be a little bit smaller, and he's going to be looking at teams with experience, teams that didn't necessarily do a ton in the portal, but are really running it back and taking a look at a lot of those teams. We're also going to be gauging how some of these teams that have injuries to big men, Tolu Smith of Mississippi State, and UConn's Donovan Klingon, among others, should be handling those situations as well. There's also a team that has been in the news a lot in the offseason that Connor said he was bearish on about a few months ago that now he feels like maybe the hate has went a little bit too far on. So we're going to have a nice conversation with Connor in segment number two. Here in segment number one, got a few injury updates with regards to a few players, and we did see Kansas... Not really get disciplined too much for a five-year investigation. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my old X-Timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM. I mean, does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. The biggest piece of news that we saw in college basketball on Wednesday is that Kansas, they finally got their punishment for a six-year process with them being in the crosshairs of the FBI, what have you. And the official ruling is that apparently they need to take down the banner from the Final Four. I believe it was in the 2018 season, so... They're going to be trying to go men in black style, holding up like whatever sort of pen that they do, trying to manipulate in your mind that it never happened, even though we all know that it did happen. And yeah, there's that. And that's that really nothing else. There's going to be a few years of probation, but Bill Self already had a few self-imposed suspensions, what have you. And apparently the NCAA, after a six-year investigation, say, yep, you've done your part. So... 
This should affect absolutely Jack Diddley squat with regards to how you evaluate Kansas for the upcoming season. Obviously, the biggest piece of news that we've seen for Kansas that actually affects him on the court is the Ontario Morris situation. And I'll be asking Connor how that affects his view of Kansas for this upcoming season. But in terms of anything that is going to be affecting Kansas for this year, absolutely nothing whatsoever. And once again, the NCAA up there trying to take down banners and... Oh no, level 3 violations. That's really going to do a whole heck of a lot. So there's that. In terms of a little bit of injury news right now with Texas, they're going through a little bit of it with Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeSue apparently progressing, but neither guy is fully back out there on the court. So that's something I'm going to be taking a look at for the upcoming next few weeks, see if these guys are all good to go for the start of the season. So that is something that I'm going to be monitoring and I'm going to be doing my Big 12 Conference preview soon and I only have two conference previews remaining the Big 12 and the Pac-12 so that's something I'm certainly going to be taking a look at within the next seven days we'll be seeing how those guys are slash are not progressing and then Friday Kepadog right now there's no set timetable for his return I know that coach of the Washington Huskies Mike Hopkins was talking about the Kepadog injury as he was limited just eight games last season began his career at Oregon was a pretty highly touted recruit and in his short time span with Washington, was able to give the team nearly two blocks, nine points per contest, was able to be a nice impact guy down low, but we are currently unsure of when he is going to be back out there on the floor and if he is going to be good to go for night number one. So a couple of injuries that are on my radar as of right now, and what's on my radar next is a great chat with Connor Opie. He does amazing work over at eCheckCBB, does the show slash podcast eCheckCBB hangout, and we're going to be taking a look at some of the top teams in college basketball, taking a look at Tier 1, Tier 2 with regards to these top teams, taking a look at these teams that have a lot of experience returning and so much more here on Coast Conceits with myself, Craig Eats Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Vegas, but just because with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is always great to be joined by this fan. Connor Rope, he does tremendous work over at He Checks CBB, taking a look at this game that we all know and love. For those that love what the field of 68, He Checks CBB, three men we were able to do with the Almanac. Connor had a big hand to play with that. He did a tremendous job taking a look at so many of the mid majors out here on the West Coast. And he's joined me on the podcast. For some of those conference previews as well. I know that he does great work as well with the Heat Check CBB Hangout, where he, Riley Davis, Brian Roth, they do a great job hosting a tremendous show slash podcast, taking a look at this game that we all know and love. And to be able to follow Connor on social media, Twitter slash X, that's at Hoops Hope CBB all together. And Connor, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. It's always great to come on and talk some basketball, especially in these trying times of fantasy football. I know. We're in a league together, Greg, and your team guy hit hard with the injury bug this week. I apologize for that. Uh, It is okay because, well, we've got college basketball coming very, very soon, and that's all that matters in my opinion. I'm not concerned about anything else other than making some money and being able to watch some tremendous college basketball. Certainly Kansas has had a very wild last two weeks because we did see some of the things that happened with they and the NCAA on Tuesday. A few sanctions coming down, but let's go what it is. It's really not going to be hurting Kansas too much. What is of more importance is the fact that Ontario Morris, he got pretty much kicked off the team about a week and a half or so ago. You saw the allegations that happened off the court with him. Very, very bad situation. But how do you evaluate this Kansas team coming into the year? Because I do think that with Morris now being off the team, it doesn't have me downgrading Kansas at all. But I think that now they're sort of in that situation where they're one step away from like one loss, one injury, what have you, to them then being downgraded. So it's a little bit of a precursor in my opinion. People are obviously going to react to the Arterio Morris uh, situation differently, right? I mean, this Kansas team, even without Arterio Morris, probably a top three team in the country, 
have one of the best playmakers in the country in Dewan Harris, a really solid defender, two-way player in Kevin McCuller. Obviously, bring in Hunter Dickinson as well, one of the best offensive big men in the country. Not to say that Arturo Morris doesn't matter, but they can definitely survive. There's going to be a lot more, I think, Furphy, McDowell, uh, as freshmen, maybe some more Nick Timberlake as well, you know, on that wing. But was Arterio Morris really a locked in starter? I'm not certain of that. Maybe at the three, but probably the fourth option or fifth option on that team at his peak. For me, losing Arterio Morris hurts. And like you said, they're one or two injuries away from not being in that upper echelon. But if you downgrade them, for me, if you had them at one, maybe you consider putting them at two behind Duke. That's really what the impact is. Yep, I'm right there with you because ironically enough, I do have Duke just very, very slightly at number one, Kansas at number two. And then from there, I think that you've got your fight between Purdue and others for number three. I do think that there's a lot of SEC teams that are sort of fighting for top 10 spots, but I don't necessarily see a final four contender out there in the SEC as of right now. Obviously those big 10 teams, or obviously those big East teams like a Marquette, like Creighton, Villanova, you've got a lot of them that are probably going to be teams that in my opinion are just a little bit short of the top five, but Got a lot of top 10 love there as well. So it is going to be interesting to take a look on that front as Connor Hope, who does amazing work over at Check CBB, has joined me on Coast Coast Hoops. And how do you take a look at the landscape of college basketball coming into the season? Because I do think that with regards to Kansas and Duke, they are, in my opinion, those clear top two teams. Then I would say that you've got a very big tier number two, and it's choose your own adventure. Personally, I'm thinking that Purdue is probably going to be when it's all said and done by number three team coming into the year. But I was mentioning it with all those Big East teams. You've got a lot of teams in the SEC that I don't see a Final Four contender, but I see a lot of upside with regards to a lot of those like top five SEC teams as well. And I feel like there's a really big tier number two after Kansas along with Duke with regards to coming into the season in college basketball. I would put Purdue up in that upper echelon with Duke and Kansas. They have the National Player of the Year. They have two sophomore guards now that were freshmen last year that really impressed. Didn't play well in the tournament, but that's kind of what you've come to expect from most freshman guards in March. They make mistakes. They get put in situations, especially against really experienced guards, that they're not uncomfortable. You know, their ceiling isn't as high as Kansas or Duke, but they were the best team or the second best team in the country last year for almost the entire season. You expect those freshmen to make that sophomore leap especially in Matt Painter's system. I have a smaller tier two. I think for me, it's Duke, Kansas, Purdue in that order, in that top tier. I have another tier right below that, that I don't necessarily trust season long to be a top three type team. And they could be, but I think they are tailor-made and built to win in March. And that would be teams like Michigan State. That would be teams like Marquette and Creighton and UConn out of the Big East. Like those teams that are built on guard play. I know UConn has Klingon and and we might talk about him later in his injury, but built on guard play, on wing play that I think can certainly beat any of those top three teams in March. And when push comes to shove, Michigan State has a guy in Tyson Walker who can take over games scoring the ball. Creighton has a bunch of guys on the perimeter and on the wing, and they have an elite big man in in Kalkbrenner that can take over games and score the ball. And so I like that probably four to five team tier right behind those top three. 
a little bit better than some of the other teams from, say, the SEC. Yeah, but I do think that it is going to be such an interesting landscape because in that big giant tier number two that I was talking about, personally, I couldn't get there with any of those Pac-12 teams. I do think that USC is the top team with regards to that conference, but certainly do have some question marks on the front of the Pac-12 as joining me on the show. We do have Connor Opa, who does amazing work over at HXCBB, and you did allude to it, so let's talk about it, just the way that UConn should be gauging that Donovan Klingon injury, because I think that UConn is honestly in a very good situation to have something like this happen, because with the way that the timeline works out with this injury, if they want to bring him back for opening night against Northern Arizona, they're able to do so, but they play Northern Arizona, Stonehill, and Mississippi Valley State to begin the season, and I just take a look at that opening schedule as opposed to what they're going to be getting after that. I believe that Texas is on the ledger. I know for sure that they've got Kansas begin the month of December. And if I'm UConn, if I'm Dan Hurley, I say I see no reason to play Donovan Kling in those first three or so games of the season if he's anything less than 100% ready to go, just because we know how much those lower body injuries can linger for big men. And I think that it's just so important that UConn has them at 100% when they do have those big games in late November, early December. Yeah, I mean, Donovan Klingon, the biggest question mark surrounding Donovan Klingon isn't his talent. We've seen it. It isn't his size or his ability to dominate defensively. We've seen it. His biggest question mark coming into the season is how much time he can stay on the floor. We saw him cross the 20-minute mark last year just twice. We saw him cross the 15-minute mark just nine times. And reminder, UConn played an extra, what, six games plus I think three in the Big East tournament. So they played an extra 12 games on top of the 30-some-odd games they played in the regular season. That's not insignificant as far as concern goes. And so I agree with you. If you think this could linger or you think there's a risk of re-injury, keep him on the bench for those games that you know or you think you can really win. Make sure he's 100% healthy heading into the big games where you need him to play upwards of 20 to 25 minutes and then try to unleash him. Because if this lingers and he can't stay on the floor for extended periods of time because he needs to come out to, to rest the foot and stuff like that, that, I mean, that really does play into the question. And the only reason in my mind, I think, that people have doubts about Donovan Klingon, not just as a potential All-American or as the leader of this UConn team, but also as a top-end lottery pick. I mean, that's what he's also playing for this season. So make sure he's fully healthy. Make sure that you, as healthy as possible, you don't necessarily bubble wrap him, right? You still want him to go at teammates and stuff in practice, but shorter stints, if anything, until you really need him for those bigger games that are must-wins for UConn when it comes to their tournament resume. Absolutely. If they're having troubles with Stonehill, whether he's on the floor slash off the floor, I think that then we could conclude that it's probably not going to be UConn's year. They should be able to get by very easily, regardless of if Todd Benklinga plays a full allotment of minutes or none whatsoever. So I feel like we're in relative lockstep there. And speaking of big man injuries as well, I was talking about the SEC and I do think that there's a lot of teams of intrigue out there. How do you take a look at a team like a Mississippi State that is going to be without Tolu Smith? Because personally, I've been bullish on this Mississippi State team. I thought that signing Andrew Taylor through the transfer portal was very big. I thought that having so much returning experience, a good coach in Chris Jans, 
that was going to lead to Mississippi State being able to elevate. But with Tolu Smith dealing with his own injury, looks like he's not going to be back until conference play as well. That's another one to take a look at. And that's another big man that is dealing with a lower body issue, which that is always something to where big men plus lower body issues equals typically something not good. We've seen it more at the NBA level, I feel like. But big men and lower body injuries, they just go hand in hand, right? And it's not that... Big men are, you know, in weaker in the lower body, although there have, I think, been some studies done into that. I haven't looked at the conclusion, so don't quote me and say that I say that they're weaker down there. But just the fact that there's so much more going on down there, they, they're so much bigger in terms of weight and size coming down on those feet. Things can go wrong. I don't have as big a question regarding Tolu Smith because we have seen him play extended minutes. Obviously, Mississippi State isn't in the same position as UConn where they can afford to miss him for you know, a short period of time. I don't think the team around him is as strong as the team around Donovan Klingon. But I think once Tolu Smith comes back, you're pretty confident that he'll slide right into that 26 to 28 minute per game spot that he was in last year, a 16 and 9, 16 and 10 type guy. I'm not as worried because I didn't have as many questions going in. Ceiling for Tolu Smith, obviously, in my mind, below Donovan Klingon's. I think the floor is higher just because we don't have those question marks. We're still, what, a month-ish out from the season. I think that's plenty of time to get both of them to at least 80%. I would see Tolu Smith playing at 80%. I think a little bit more than I would see Klingon playing at 80% though. Yep, absolutely. And with the timeline that it works out as well, I feel like UConn, they can be able to get Donovan Klingon closer to 100%, whereas Mississippi State, they're probably going to be needing Tolu Smith to go at a little bit less than 100%, much more so as well. So it is going to be something to gauge as Connor Opu does amazing work over at EJXCBB. Joining me right here on Coast Coast Soups. And Connor, when it comes to this time of year, when I get these guests aboard, I always think that it's important to ask these questions because now we're about three and a half or so weeks away from the start of the season. As you've been doing your research, I'm sure that you've been looking at so many of your colleagues' work that did amazing work over at the Almanac. As you've just been researching these last few weeks, is there a team or two that you take a look at and you're either feeling more or less bullish slash bearish on them? Is there a team or two that you've been maybe having a little bit of change of heart on as you've been diving in to get set for the upcoming season? Not necessarily a change of heart. I know with you, I was not necessarily down. I was tempering expectations for this West Virginia team heading into the summer. They had this big splash in the portal. And even before all the Bob Huggins stuff hit, I remember talking with you about how I just didn't think they were quite where people expected them to be. Obviously, Jose Perez has since told that he would not be eligible to play at West Virginia. I think that was an academic issue. So he's gone. There's a question regarding some of their players in terms of whether they can get their waivers, transfers. I do think I have been seeing a lot of people now swing the complete other way with West Virginia, though. Where I had them in that 35 to 40 range, I think there are people that I've seen them in the bottom three in the Big 12. And the Big 12 is strong, but I still don't think it's bottom three. So West Virginia, probably middle of the road Big 12 team. I was really low on them heading into the summer, much lower than consent. I think I'm a little bit higher than consensus at this point on West Virginia. But as far as a team that I'm super bullish on heading into the year, I've been gaining a lot of, and I mentioned them, but I've been gaining a lot of love for Michigan State, Marquette, and Creighton. Like the more I look at the way those teams are built, and I understand the narrative. Izzo hasn't done it since the early 2000s. Shaka Smart hasn't made the second weekend since he was at VCU. Creighton obviously loses two key pieces. 
But like I said, they have solid guard play. Marquette and Michigan State don't necessarily have the elite big man that Creighton has, but they have solid enough big man. I think their backcourt is much stronger than Creighton's. And, and I just think that they can compete. And Marquette, maybe they beat Michigan State last year. Maybe they don't if Tyler Kolick was, was fully healthy. But I do think that those three are going to be really strong. UConn, I still think, is the class of the Big East. I don't know if they win the Big East just because of the questions I have with Klingon. But yeah, those would be the three. I think those three, right now, my national champion, I'll say it right here, my national championship matchup, and it's in the Almanac, is Michigan State Marquette and Michigan State winning it. I think Michigan State's going to be fantastic, especially when we get to March and some of those less experienced players can rise to the level of what I think might be the best backcourt in the country. And so interesting that you picked those two teams because we haven't talked a lot about Michigan State and Marquette making splash moves or anything like that because neither team brought in really anything via the transfer portal. But I do think that it's not a bad thing to be silent in the offseason because a lot of people, they're latching onto these teams that they make these flashy transfer portal moves. And like, I think Villanova did a great job in the transfer portal. I think that they were really able to elevate the roster. But sometimes I do think that just doing nothing in the portal, just maintaining the guys that you have, which is a reason why with Providence, even though you've got a coaching change, I thought their biggest win was bringing back Bryce Hopkins. I thought that bringing back Devin Carter, just so big for them. I think that these are just paramount things to take a look at that these teams are out of sight, out of mind, running it back. They are teams that you do want to be taking a look at, even though they're not getting that preseason hype of, say, a team like I was mentioning with Villanova. It's the known quantity, right? I mean, Michigan State may not have been as high last year as I'm expecting them to be this year, but they were still a top seven seed. Marquette and Purdue, obviously, one in a two seed in that same region as Michigan State in the tournament last year. All of them basically bring everyone back. There's not a lot of variables there, right? Most of them are known quantities. You're expecting a leap here or there. Maybe there's an injury that pops up that impacts how you look at those teams. But the floor for those three teams are certainly probably three of the top five floors. Obviously, I have them all in the top six, but three of the top five floors in the country. And the ceilings aren't much lower than a team like a Duke or a team like Kansas or UConn, where if everything hits, they're all of a sudden the clear front runner for the national championship. I think those three teams are going to be there in the mix for a you know one, two, or three seed. If guard play wins in March, which we have seen time and time again, guard play wins in March, I think those two teams, Michigan State and Marquette, have an advantage over some of these other teams that they'll be playing around. Because again, UConn, we know some of what they're going to bring at the guard, but how do they adjust to losing the guards that they lose? Kansas, you know, is Dewan Harris and Kevin McCullough the answer? Purdue, we're expecting sophomore leaves. Duke, obviously... You know, you've got Roach and Proctor. Proctor, you're also expecting or needing a leap, but then you've got some freshmen. So I like those three teams in terms of they're the baseline. If a team's better than those three teams, I, you know, I think they're national championship contenders. If a team plays below those three teams, I think that's when you start to talk about maybe a team that is likely out. Yeah, but I do think that those are good teams to be taking a look at and a lot of teams that they bring back tons of great experience. And I think we are going to be in for an absolutely excellent year, Connor. We are only about three and a half weeks away. I know that you and everyone else over there at Heat CBB are getting gas up. I know you guys are doing a great job with previews, with fun lists, what have you. So 
Let the good people at home know how they're able to follow all of your work on social media and other platforms and just what's all on tap for you. I'm currently editing our ACC preview. That should be out. Also trying to get out that comparison between Gonzaga and St. Mary's delayed a little bit because of the Almanac. All the writers are starting to ramp up at Heat Check again. So we've got some good player profiles and team profiles that are going to be written up over the next couple of weeks. But we're really expecting to dive right into it starting probably next week or the week after in terms of putting out a lot of articles every week. And you can follow me at HoopsHopesCVB on Twitter. All of my stuff is at HeatCheckCVB.com or on YouTube on the HeatCheck YouTube account. So go check that out. It's going to be a great ramp up to the season. I'm really excited. I'm excited for some of these early season matchups as well. You can get a true barometer of some of these teams. It's a busy time. I am choosing to ignore all the Big 12 Gonzaga talk because of all the other stuff going on. But obviously, there's other things in flight and in the works that have nothing to do with the current college basketball season that are going to be covered at some point. And that's what we like to hear because while Gonzaga, maybe someday they go to the Big 12, they're not going to be in the Big 12 this year. This year, they're in the WCC. And we are concerned with what we are going to be getting from this 2023-24 campaign. It is going to be a tremendous one. Connor and everyone else over there at EJXCBB doing a great job of getting prepared for it. And they always deliver whenever any of those fine men join this podcast today. It was Connor. So big thanks to Connor for joining me on Cuts Cuts Seeps, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you'd like to hear from this fine podcast, Cuts Cuts Seeps, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we will fire those in. First one is my X timeline slash shooter timeline at GNR's 41. Keep in mind, letters ZM. They meet us on matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by the five-star review. Getting closer and closer to the start of the college basketball season, less than three and a half weeks away. Just two conference previews remaining, the Big 12 and the Pac-12. We're going to be doing those within the next week, week and a half or so. And then once we get back in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. In the meantime, just give you guys injury news, what we're seeing with these teams, doing some previews, and getting us set for what is going to be a tremendous year of college basketball. So I appreciate you tuning in today. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.